Welcome and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Power to Be Show. I am your producer and co-host behind the scenes, Alexis Hunter. I am here with your host, Dr. Terrell Bird, and I have the pleasure of introducing today's guest, Bill Hobbs, founder of Urban Youth Impact. Upon encountering Jesus Christ, Bill left a lucrative professional golf career to follow God's call to minister to the inner city youth. He began by loading up an old station wagon with food and sports equipment, finding an empty lot in the inner city of West Palm Beach, and inviting neighborhood boys to play ball. Pickup games led to camping trips, home visits, and many opportunities to share God's love. Because of his consistent compassion for the community, Bill became a trusted friend and father figure to the residents of Tamron Avenue, one of the highest crime-ridden neighborhoods in the county. Through the love of Jesus Christ and sports, Bill found ways to inspire young people to think differently and to embrace the possibilities that they could find a path to a happy, healthy, and productive life. Urban Youth Impact currently is the only faith-based organization in the area that takes a holistic approach to serving inner-city youth with elementary education, after-school programming, family support, career readiness, and enrichment activities. In 2019, Mr. Hobbs passed the baton of president and CEO to Chris Tress so he could launch the Urban Youth Legacy Foundation, which is committed to creating sustainable funding sources for the strategic needs of urban youth impact. Before I turn it over to our host, let me encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as Power To Be Show. Now here is your host, Dr. Bird. Thank you, Alexis. I am Dr. Terrell Bird, the host of the Power to Be show. I am extremely delighted and joy filled to have my dear good friend, Mr. Reverend Bill Hobbs, <laughs> as a guest on the Power to Be show. Bill, it's so good to have you. Terrell, thank you. This is a pleasure and an honor to be with you and uh, Many great memories, and I look forward to our chat. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, go back a, a little ways. Uh, and I'm really, that that tells me something about my age. But anyway, <laughs> but it's good to be here. It's good to see you. One of the things that I've been doing on the Power to Be show is we talk to entrepreneurial leaders, business leaders, nonprofits, mm -hmm. and we really look at the way in which God has poured into the work they do. 
And so, uh, Bill, I just couldn't help but say you are a perfect fit for the kind of emphasis that we have with the Power to Be show. So I, I wish you could just talk at four minutes a little bit about your background, okay. where you're from, and then how did you get connected with this idea of urban uh, revitalization and urban impact? Well, uh, interesting enough, I, um, I grew up in the cold city of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And um, as a kid growing up, golf was something that really caught my attention. And in Buffalo, you can play maybe six months a year. Yeah. We would once in a while travel to Florida. And I realized 12 months of golf is maybe the promised land. <laughs> yeah. So um, after school, um, I spent two years in college. Mm -hmm. My passion was golf. Dropped out of college. Um, Became a golf professional, spent a number of years seeking that fame and fortune. Didn't mm. know the Lord, mm. uh, but it was all about golf, about performance. And uh, had you, some, pardon me, was your parents, uh, did they have a, a Christian orientation, uh, religious we, orientation? Not, my, <laughs> my, dad, my dad taught me a couple of things. One thing he taught me is how to work hard. He put me to work at okay. 10 years old. Okay. The only thing he didn't tell me, teach me is when to stop. Okay. Oh, so wow. the, the work ethic, sure. performance, uh, I was involved somewhat with church, but exposed to, to some degree, we went to a Methodist church, mm -hmm. but never at that young age came to realize mm. the concept of being born again, gotcha. of the concept of following Christ mm. and uh, doing what he's called us to do. So after golf came to a point where I became a head professional in South Florida and worked for Nicholas. Mm -hmm. So with the greatest name in golf, yeah. at 27, yeah. I've always said I was a legend in my own mind. Yeah. So, the, Well, you were around the legend, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's it, a, it, it did rub yeah, off. But yeah, yeah. The, the transition from some great um, days of golf, mm -hmm. one night um, I was single. I went out to dinner uh, with a young girl playing the LPGA Tour. Um, and uh, at the end of the dinner, she gave me her business card, mm -hmm. Daryl. The bottom of it, it said Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I chuckled. Trust I said, what is that? Because yeah. I was interested in her. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. To be honest with you. So yeah. as we know, Proverbs says, trust, trust the Lord with all Lord. your heart. Yeah. Lean not. Your own understanding. In all your and ways, all your, acknowledge mm -hmm. him and he will direct your path. Yeah, yeah. Well, I spent all those years leaning on my own understanding. Mm. We walked the beach the following day, went to church, recognized that God had a purpose for my life. January 2nd, 1983. Uh, gave my life to the Lord. And so oh, that oh. was the beginning of seeking after him. Mm. And the challenge then came within a couple of years. Um, do I want my life to count for eternity? Because mm. uh, I spent so much time trying to be successful mm -hmm. and had some great jobs. But one of the turning points, Terrell, for my walk was when the Lord put me in Genesis and it says he tested Abraham. Mm -hmm. As I read that, God began to test me. And as we know, Abraham was tested. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, are you going to sacrifice your son? For me, my son was golf. Would you put your career on the altar, which mm. was my identity? Wow. My whole identity was golf, performance. Mm. And so giving up golf, Terrell, mm. was, um, was unbelievable. That challenged me because I began to realize Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, mm -hmm. deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take, take up. up your cross yeah. and follow me. Yeah. But he whoever tries to save his life loses it. it. Yeah. 
He who loses his life for my yeah. sake shall find it. So, so you were, so golf for you was kind of an idol. That's it was. What, oh, what absolutely. You were, that was where your worship was. It huh? was yeah. an idol. It, it's yeah. where my identity was, mm-hmm. uh, prestige, mm-hmm. who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the great thing about it, I come to realize my true identity. Mm, yeah. In Christ. Amen. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so working in golf, getting, then getting converted and I'm uh, the conversion experience where you were born again. Amen. Uh, and uh, how'd you end up on Tamron Avenue? Wow. <laughs> well, it's interesting in, in, within three years, um, as I mentioned earlier, the idea of, is my life going to count for eternity? Then I need to surrender it all. And in that surrendering process, um, the, um, I left the business. Uh, and the first step out of that was I had volunteered in Palm Beach County with Youth for Christ. Okay. And so Bill Holstetler at the time was the director and he came to me and he said, uh, Bill, we want to reach out to our urban community. Okay. We want you to start Youth Guidance working with first-time offenders. So when I left left my profession, he said, Bill, you can raise your support, 16000 a year is what you're going to get paid. My wife and I prayed, she agreed, <laughs> and then I picked her up off the floor. <laughs> and that first year yeah. was amazing, Terrell, to see yeah. the Lord provide. Yeah. My wife, Carrie, who sacrificed so much, made more than I did. We started out and I was introduced to the plight of the urban community Wow! and the bullseye there. The biggest issue, as you well know, is fatherlessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in some sense, like the apostle Paul, who was a Jew, Mm -hmm. went to the Greeks. Yeah. I was a white guy serving the rich and went to the poor community. You went to the urban, to the black community. Tell me something now. Now, Youth for Christ, did they also, did they... Go into schools, weren't they? Yeah, they, they were able to go in. They went, went to schools with with campus life. Yeah, but this is the first time they went into the detention centers. Wow! So I spent um, eight years. Okay. Juvenile detention centers, uh, working with first time offenders, okay. taking kids to camp. Mm-hmm. But the reality was the the need was so great. There needed yeah. to be a holistic approach. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. from evangelism, which is key, to a holistic approach. That's where the mission of love, yeah. equip, and empower yeah. inner city youth yeah. to fulfill their God-given purpose. So, 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 okay, you're you're in detention centers working with young people. How do you develop this kind of relationship? Because there has to be a way in which you embark upon the lives of these young people, and they must see something Absolutely. in you. How do you win this over this community over? Well, is it is. It, Basically, well, I like know the Holy Spirit's at work. But amen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As missionaries mm-hmm. go to other countries, mm-hmm. for me, I was going to technically another culture. Right. Um, as a white guy going into the inner city, yeah. the first question would be, "What are you doing here?" Right. So yeah. the way we began to build trust, and I would say, earn the right to be heard, was weekly sports outreach. Mm. Every week we showed up, played football, preached the gospel, and fed them. But week after week. Twice a week, we would get involved. And I think what happened was, I know what happened, is they began to realize that Bill, at the time, was just me. Mm-hmm. He takes care of our kids. Uh-huh. We can see that he has a purpose. He's faithful. And that's where we began to develop relationships mm-hmm. with predominantly the single parent moms. And that that grew to the point where I found out that there was such great need. The birthing of Urban Impact 
was to reach the whole person. It says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom mm-hmm. and, and stature and favor with man and God. So mm-hmm. the gospel is great, but if they can't read and they can't look you in the eye and they can't get a job, mm-hmm. we need to go deeper. Sure. And that was the whole focus of leaving YFC blessed the uh, exit. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I started scratch. Wow. And uh, we're celebrating 25 years wow. this, this year. Wow. That, that's great. God's and faithfulness. Yeah. God's. And I know, I mean, I've been a part of some of those years with you. You served on the so, board. Yeah. So uh, I can appreciate the commitment that you've given to that work. Um, let me just kind of, kind of uh, back up a little bit because um the name Urban Youth Impact. This is something you. Yes. This is a. This is your, your ballywick. You got that, and you named that. Um, the is there a range, uh, geographically that you cover? I know you're you're in the urban, but mm-hmm. do you have a specific geographical area? Well, and why? Uh, initially, when we started, uh, many of the kids that I had met in the detention center lived, unfortunately, in a Tamron Avenue quarter, mm-hmm. 25 blocks. Mm-hmm. So we are today, in the last 10, 15 years, West Palm Beach, Riviera Beach. Uh, we are now have the opportunity. Uh, we've been invited by Boynton Beach mm, to come in. Good. And so the opportunities to grow are yeah, there because yeah. we, they've seen track record. Mm-hmm. The challenge right now is staffing mm-hmm. and additional funding. So yeah. we've grown beyond. But we look at the county, where are the urban pockets mm-hmm. where the at-risk kids are? Mm-hmm. If there's not an intervention, mm-hmm. Terrell, uh, unfortunately, statistics show by third grade, yeah. these kids are yeah, at risk or either going to go yeah. to jail or yeah. drop out. So yeah. there's got to be an intervention early on, which mm-hmm. takes time, mm-hmm. commitment, yeah. and building those bridges yeah. where many of the families, kids have been rejected. Yeah, yeah. We just... God's unconditional love yeah, yeah. is the, there's nothing greater than that. <laughs> and amazing. as you well know, to model that, yeah. sometimes you take some flack. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But one of the things though, that I see is that you have built this, um, this trust among Amen. that community. And I, I want to say this, that that's not easy to do because there's oftentimes uh, suspicion. There's, you know, it, what's, what's this person want? What, what do they want? And so to be for, to do that and to do it uh, the authentic way that yes. you have been, uh, so true and so real. And I think that has trans, uh, inspired and transpired, uh, the kind of the kind of life that is happening in the inner city. Let me just talk a little bit about, uh, the ministry itself. Uh, how is it organized? Well, the, the birthing of it was an outreach, uh, building trust and relationships. At that mm-hmm. point, we realized there was some great needs. Mm-hmm. And the first, the first need we saw was academic okay. and specifically reading. Mm-hmm. So our after-school program was birthed over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, called TLA, the Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. And that has, that has uh, begun to be... We would, we will, uh, as kids come in, we do a pretest to find out where they're at. So to give you an example, we're kindergarten through eighth grade. Majority of the kids coming in over the years would maybe 15 to 20% would be on grade level. Okay. Now, if that's not changed, yeah. they drop out, they become unfortunately right. labeled mm-hmm. 
And so tracked, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but over the last number of years, we've we've upped that to 75%. So doing the intervention with reading is a critical piece. Um, then we also have our create. It's the Arts Academy okay. to where now the kids are able to be exposed to uh, opportunities they never would be. Violin, drumming, Lego engineering. So the exposure wow. to arts and activities sure. and music that normally you'd need a tutor, we provide that. And just recently, in the last year and a half, we birthed the Christian school wow. in partnership That's with great. Jupiter Christian. Yeah, And yeah. so we have outreaches besides their site that's... Um, an Australian, 32,000. Mm -hmm. We have three other outs, out, outreach sites where we go back to the same thing, build the relationships, earn the right to be heard, invite them into the after-school programming. Fantastic. The yeah. older kids are in reframe. So okay. that's 15 to 21. Preparing them for college, job prep, job training. And we've had some unbelievable things happen, Terrell, where Many of our kids were first-time believers, yeah, first-time college grads, and the one I love is first-time business owners. Wow! Now they're role models for their community yeah. to say, "Wait a minute, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to go down that track." Exactly. I remember at one time you all were selling Ethiopian coffee, right? That we had impact coffee, impact yes. Impact coffee, yeah. And so the young people were kind of giving, getting a entrepreneurial. Taste, entrepreneurial experience. And I think that's great that you're pouring in that into them. So what what stories can you tell me about wow. uh, some students? I know there's so many that have the success stories that have come out of the work you've done. Well, there's a number of them, but one of them in particular um, – young man by the name of Emmanuel McMiller, who's, who's in our book. And uh, so he's, uh, he was, he, mom and dad terminated parental rights when he was very young. Grandma raised him. He grew up in the old Dunbar village, mm -hmm. which you've been to mm -hmm. that prayer mm -hmm. meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And grandma was in a wheelchair. She would come over on a regular basis and meet with me. And so he got involved when he was 10. By the time he got into high school, he said he wanted to be a lawyer. So we got him a mentor. Okay. He was mentored by a local lawyer for three years. He graduated. He got accepted at Williams College in the Northeast, which is a great school. Graduated there. Law school was still a passion. We still had the mentor for him. And uh, he uh, got accepted at University of Notre Dame on a full ride. Wow. Four years. <laughs> It'll be two years ago this month. He graduated. He's working as a full-time lawyer in Indiana. And he's, he's written me and said, Mr. Bill, I'm making close to 100K, but I'm working 90 hours a week and I love it. Wow. So, you know, there's, wow. I've used the term in, in our urban community, Terrell, that you know, yeah. is forgot. there's so many mm. diamonds in the rough. Yes, there's absolutely. so many kids, all of them, it may, yeah, created yeah. in God's image and likeness. Yeah, yeah. Another, another example is a young lady that I met at 13. She was coming to the outreach with a friend and the friend said, Hey, we need to go to the outreach on Thursday. Uh, it's great. You know, you get a chance to eat and they talk about God. And she mm -hmm. said, I'll leave. I don't want the God thing. At the end of the outreach, the basketball ended. She went up for a layup, came down. She's laying in the floor, tore up her knee. I went over, picked her up, put her in my station wagon, took her to the hospital. Madonna was her name, still is. Mm -hmm. Over that period of time, she came to know the Lord. What a story. 
her mom, yeah. her, her mom passed, mm-hmm. her brother passed. When she graduated high school, she came into my office and gave me her report card. I go, Madonna, this is great. I said, um, what about college? She's like, I can't go to college. I've got no way. I go, we'd like to help you. The story sounds like it's going to end in co- with college. She goes a year in college. Her father terminates parental rights of her sisters. She takes in the kids. She's caring for the kids. Second year in college. Dad moves back in the house, brings in drugs. She drops out of college. She's hanging with the wrong group. She gets shot. Chris and I go pray for her. About six months later, she comes back to my office and she said, Mr. Bill, I need help. Will you help me get back into school? Wow. I said, I'll put you to work. You finished the last two years. We'll pay for it. Wow. Now it doesn't end. She graduates. Mm -hmm. She comes to work for us for six years. She leaves and starts her own recycling business. (laughs) She now has her own business, Terrell. And tomorrow she's coming by our office to pick up stuff to recycle. So she's the first wow. time business, business owner. owner. I love it. I love it. But yeah. well, all, all that she's overcome by the mm-hmm. grace of God. But as you know, people continuing, not judging, yeah. loving them loving, yeah. where they're at, which yeah, we as yeah. the body of Christ yeah. need to do. Right. And that's right. And you were consistent. And that's the Amen. thing there, that you were there. And sometimes as long as they know that you'll be there, Absolutely. you know, that's what matters. Well, I think that's wonderful. Those are, those are wonderful stories. And I know uh, some of the ones you yes. talked, you mentioned that uh, I know the, the thing that impressed me also, Bill was you decided that you would not only focus on the children, but you instituted a parenting program. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, the, the parenting program has, has, uh, has transitioned over the last few years, but in the beginning, we would bring the parents in each, each year for a retreat. Mm-hmm. So the, parent, the single parents would be mm-hmm. able to get away for three days. Mm-hmm. Many of them never had that opportunity because they had no one to watch the kids. And they were ministered to for three days, and we saw some phenomenal changes. Now, what's happening is our team leaders have 12 in the class. Okay. So now the team leader reaches out each week and communicates with the parent. Mm-hmm. We have a discipline zone. So there's there's uh, opportunities where the our team leader has to reach out to the parent, mm-hmm. say, you know, um, Johnny's suspended for three days. Mm-hmm. He can come back in, but here's what happened. So we build the relationship with the parents that way, plus annual Christmas store mm-hmm. where they're able to come in, yeah. get gifts for their kids. Yeah, yeah. And there's as we build those relationships, sure. the parents then begin to open up to us. Yeah, yeah. We've come along and provided counseling. Sure. We've provided unfortunate funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm. But over the long haul, as we've loved them, mm-hmm. the trust is there. The walls are broken down yeah. and the par- the parents now uh, are really excited with the school being started sure. that they can have, we don't have to play catch up yeah. now, Terrell, yeah, because yeah. the kids are going to get what they need early on. Yeah. Not all of a sudden in third grade, yeah. Johnny's having a problem. He can't read. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now you mentioned at the beginning that uh, one of the motivations behind the work you did 
had to do with the single parent yes. uh, homes. And are do you still are you seeing any changes in respect to that? What is your what are you seeing over the last what twenty some years mm-hmm. that you've been involved with this? Uh, well, I think I think the um, um, the thing that that myself and our team uh, the the male guys represent the father figure. Okay. As you, without that authority figure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we can see what happens. But now when they see and they learn to respect mm-hmm. the authority figures in the family, in, 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 in UII, that's transition to the home. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the parents have seen a huge turnaround mm-hmm. with our kids. Yeah. But there's still, there still needs to be more support. Yeah. One of the things that we did, you're aware of this, after 10 years, um, we realized that if we're going to impact the whole family, there needs to be a church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since we were working with kids that were um, hip hop generation, mm-hmm. baggy pants, gold teeth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they may go to church, but the traditional church was, I don't fit too in. stuffy. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, yeah, with, to, that's yeah. the generation we were called to. Mm-hmm. And I think you know this. We, mm-hmm. we met with a couple of uh, African-American pastors and they mm-hmm. said, Bill, you guys are, are anointed to to reach that niche. Mm-hmm. So birthing bow down, mm-hmm. bringing in the single parents mm-hmm. and the kids gave us an, uh, a place to be able to minister. Yeah, so now yeah. with that, we they have a very strong ministry called Unmasked, yeah. which is healing, prayer counseling, where as trust is built now with bow down yeah. and the church, they can come and receive the healing that many times needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm excited about that because of Chris. Yes. And uh, talk a little bit about Chris and how you yeah. poured into his life so that he's able to kind of now move into a position of leadership following uh, what you have laid the foundation for. Talk a little bit about Chris. Well, yeah, Chris has been a spiritual son to mm-hmm. me. And over 23 years ago, he came and he, I want to volunteer. Uh, I said, okay, here's the commitment. These kids don't need somebody else making a commitment and bailing out. We meet every Thursday. You need to be there. After three weeks, he calls me and says, I can't come. I go, what do you mean you can't come? I come, my car broke down. I said, you need to get her. You know what he did? Rode his bike. From okay. Boynton, Terrell. From Boynton. He wrote, okay. I go, wait a minute. Something's <laughs> different here. As as we worked together yeah. and poured into him, yeah. we had many training classes. I began to see him. Then he said, Bill, I want to move into the inner city. Yeah. We bought a house from West Palm Beach at auction for 12 grand. Right. The impact right. house, the impact remodeled house. it. Yeah. Yeah. Chris moved in yeah. and became the incarnate ministry. Yeah. Moving in. And that's where there was a huge bit, a huge trust Sure. Built in right. Adams Street, right yeah, off Tamron. That's right. They lit, The Impact House is still there. Yeah, yeah. He worked that. He came on staff as director of ministry. He can, had a chance to marry him and his wife. Yeah. And so when it came mm-hmm. time for to pass the baton for the future, mm-hmm. uh, I was so thankful that I'd seen Chris in action, his mm-hmm. character, his mm-hmm. sacrifice. When he came on staff, he said, Bill, I'm going to come on staff. I'll, ma- I'll send out a missionary letter. Whatever comes in, I'll take first year, 10 grand. So I saw sacrifice, commitment, faithfulness, yeah. his, his character. We grew, we're both strong leaders. Yeah. And when we bang heads, <laughs> one of us would humble themselves. And there's some great stories about that. Yeah. So today, three years ago, when it came time to pass the baton to him, 
Uh, I am still very much involved Mm -hmm. with our partners Mm -hmm. and having him run the ministry now has allowed me in November to birth the, the um, urban youth legacy foundation Mm -hmm. to perpetuate the mission. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens in our country, we've seen a lot going on that the mission to the urban community will not Mm. be stopped by hurricanes, COVIDs, roof blowing off. And part of that foundation, Terrell is uh, we're going to raise enough money where every kid that qualifies and graduates will get college scholarship. That's one. So that continues to break the cycle. So Chris Chris Tress and Colleen, they're committed, doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, I I always tease them. I I believe they met when they were taking an an urban church uh, program that I was teaching and he would walk her to her car. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. She was a volunteer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, But I also appreciate, I know my wife got involved working with the Christmas star. Yes. Faithfully. Yeah. And um, the way that was set up, I think it, it really said something about the way in which you worked with parents. Can you talk a little bit about how the Christmas store was, was set up? Well, for over 15, 18 years, mm-hmm. uh, we had the store downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, people would line up at three in the morning. When they would come in, we would have a volunteer. Mm-hmm. This was the way we would introduce our predominantly white suburbanite people to the, to a single parent and they would be able to pick out three different gifts, three different tables mm-hmm. and <clears throat> be with them, walk with them, pray with them. Mm-hmm. And we, the gifts would be uh, wrapped. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, the kids would be taken away. We would minister to the kids elsewhere. Yeah. So the parent would shop alone that developed trust and, and faithfulness. And they realized after year after year, we were there I still can't believe three in the morning. Yeah, Once they, they start, you know, we would then come out at three in the morning <laughs> right. and provide <laughs> some food. But again, I think it models, as you will know, God's faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the outcome, regardless of the appreciation, yeah, whatever, yeah. the faithfulness That's right. honors him and yeah. people see that and yeah. it builds trust. And you also, what I really appreciate it, and people still talk about that, is you had prayer tents yes. that would be set up so that if people needed to have prayer, intercessory prayer work done, they could go into and there would be people there, prayer warriors there. So you yep. always were keeping the spiritual connection. Absolutely. So that people could always find a place where God could be present in their life and engage with God. So I think that's wonderful. I mean, it's so many, so many things that you did that and that you're doing that I am just totally impressed with. Now, let me ask you some of your biggest challenge. What would you, if, if someone was going to do what Bill Hobbs did, <laughs> what kind of advice would you give that person? Well, it's funny you ask that because one of the, one of the burdens uh, for me in this season is to raise up kingdom leaders spe- that specifically want to reach these unreached urban communities. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm mentoring two right now. Okay. One just graduated from PBA. Okay. And you know Umberto Rossi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give back community. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, probably as I spend time listening, uh, I I listen for the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. What's is this a calling? Um, are you looking for a job? 
Yeah. Uh, because unfortunately, in the nonprofit world, there's times when people get grants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it lasts three years mm-hmm. and the money runs out and they're done. It is over. Yeah. They don't need that. Right. So I'm looking for young men that are committed, that are willing to sacrifice men or women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I think it's critical that they're willing to um, work their way through the challenges. Mm-hmm. As you know, when you start something from scratch, um, there's a calling, there's a purpose, but God tests you along the way. Yes. I've had a number of times the Lord tested me mm-hmm. in the way, Bill, is this about you? Mm-hmm. One of them had to do with the building. Mm-hmm. Is this about you or is this about me? So I think as the Lord purposely brings the tests okay. to expose what's in our hearts, he mm-hmm. already knows. Mm-hmm. But if we will humble ourselves yeah. and deal with that stuff, yeah. he'll build on a foundation yeah. that's willing to be teachable, Teachable, faithful, teachable, available uh, are critical. And um, okay, does that does that help? No, no, that that helps. Uh, that helps. <laughs> what I uh, and I, what I want to also say because I know that we had uh, seen something beginning to ha- happen to begin to happen with the pastors uh, with Stony Brook. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about CPAC and what that looked like? Uh, well, the um, CPAC was birthed mm-hmm. uh, with that horrendous crime at um, Dunbar. Dunbar, yeah. And uh, with that crime, the Lord put on my heart that when the enemy comes in the flood, like a flood, the, the enemy, we need to raise up a standard. So yeah. you were there. Yeah. We prayed the four corners. Uh, and um, uh, there was a huge turnout. We birthed CPAC, Christian. Yeah. Prayer was great, but Christian prayer and action. Yeah, yeah. There needed to be action steps, and the the action steps we took was mentoring. Right, yeah. And so uh, we began that process with about 10 churches. We were excited, but unfortunately, we ended up with one. Wow. So that was disappointing. Yeah. But the one church that continued was bow down. Yeah, yeah. And today they still have 32 kids that are involved. So that was frustrating. And I think, I think that we can say and be committed to things, but if there isn't a follow through in the long term, Yeah. Yeah. It won't, it won't matter. People may not agree, but prayer is not enough. Right. Yeah. You have to, well, yeah, you have to have prayer with, with action. Yeah. Um, But I just thought that just the, the face of all of those pastors and churches coming together um, uh, to be supportive of Dunbar Village. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean they, 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 we, they can't, suburban church came, came yeah. inner city churches inner city, came. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, it was pretty amazing. It was the, amazing. The turnout. I mean, we circled that whole. And we anointed with oil. Anointed with and we oil. blow the shofar. That's right. The shofar, yeah. And we had communion. That's right. That's right. And now Dunbar yeah. has changed. It's yeah. no longer called Dunbar. I can't remember the name right now. But, okay. Um, yeah, I think the that was exciting. Yeah. My can, my challenge is- Can we do it again? It, do it again. Can we bring people together yeah. again yeah. and then be faithful to yeah. follow through? Because yeah. I think as we rally as the yeah. body of Christ, yeah. Yeah. we rally as churches yeah. and we don't care who gets the, ah, ah, yeah. Who gets the, the let's the, make the, the impact the glory. Yeah. on individual kids lives yeah. through mentoring because yeah. that changes the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am, I am so thankful. I'm thankful that you are flourishing 
well, in, in that in that area, and we've seen the fruit of your labor. And for that, for thank that, you. that is a testimony that you are doing it God's way. Well, Terrell, yeah. you've always been a great encourager, oh, and you've sure. inspired me. And uh, I love what you're doing with the podcast. Oh. And getting the word out uh, yeah, yeah. that there is a power to be, yeah, yeah, that we yeah, each yeah. one of us is gifted yeah. and can make a per- make a difference in the yeah, lives yeah. of young people and the body of yeah, Christ yeah. needs to be united. Well, well, you fit our model, which is be uh, connected. Mm. And you are you are definitely connected, and you have connected so many others to support your ministry. Amen. Be creative, and the very fact that you, uh, a white guy, can I, come into a black I neighborhood hear you, bro. and and so and and create the kind of ministry that has now been flourishing for how many years? Twenty five. Twenty five years. That's creative. And I've been in the community thirty three. Wow. Yeah. So, and then the last is courageous, and you have been uh, a tremendous. Uh, stalwart for doing good in difficult times and years. So thank you for that. Is it okay if I have a word of prayer with uh, you? Please, right I okay, love it. Thank you, Terrell. Eternal God, our Father, I am just grateful that you have a- allowed me to be able to spend time with my friend, with Bill. Thank you for the work that you have done in his life, in his ministry, I thank you for his wife and his daughter. Mm. And I thank you how you have begun to not only flourish through their life, but his daughter now moving into college. And we are just so thankful, God, what shall become of that and for her future. Lord, I thank you for the seeds that Mm. are constantly being planted in the work of Urban Youth Impact. Bless Chris and bless his wife, Colleen. We pray, oh God, that you will continue to anoint the work as you have, that they might continue to flourish for your glory. We ask, oh God, that you would bless them as they go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, we like to to give something to remember us by when you've been here. We have a, a tumbler that says, Power to Ooh. be. So, and we. I'll and think we, of you. Okay, there you go. That's that's the the purpose. We want you to to think of us and pray for us as we continue to do this work. Amen. Well, this will go great with my coffee. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, Bill, thank you for being Gerald, with us. My and, pleasure. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, this. Uh, telecast this show. I am just uh, elated with joy that my friend Bill is here. So please, I would encourage you, if you are not a supporter of Urban Youth Impact, you can be, and we will provide information so that if you want to support financially or volunteer, that we will make that uh, possible for you. you to be able to connect. God bless you, and we'll see you again next week. God bless you. We would like to thank this episode's sponsor, Living Word Christian Community, located at 2390 South Military Trail, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33415, where Dr. Terrell Bird is the lead pastor. The worship service begins at 1030 a.m. in person, on Facebook, and Instagram Live.